why am I unstable? I know that my ultimate goal is to reach God. I also know that to reach God, I need to come out from family attachment and bonding. But this ego plays a big role and keeps pulling me down. I was doing well. I was able to follow the teachings. I was able to be positive. But all has gone within the last six months. Lately, I am stuck expecting too much from others and suffering. Why am I unable to be stable? Equally, I am unable to follow what you told me. I tried but failed. Please guide me how to be stable and not seek human love. Lata, when one is conditioned by one's environment, by one's family, as you say you are, hmm? you say there is a lot of attachment, bonding, conditioning. Then what you mean is that the contents of your mind have come from the family environment and the family training. And when I say family, I mean everything in general that has gone into the making of the person that you have become. Hmm? So your past, your training, these things have filled you up with a certain way of looking at life, with a certain way of living, right? Hmm? Now you say that these things are to be dropped and the real purpose of life is to meet God or realize God. I want to ask you, if all this mind stuff that burdens you and bothers you has come from your past and your training and your conditioning and your family, from where has the notion about God come to you? Please go into it. A fellow says, my mind stuff has come from my environment, my training, my experiences all that I have been through. The same mind stuff also tells me that mind stuff is bad and one should drop it and one should move towards God. If all is coming from external influences, from where is this idea coming that all is to be dropped and one has to move towards God? Not only that, if your mind is so full of the family, then your God is also a family God. Or is he not? If the contents of the mind are all coming from tradition and experience and training, 
then from where is God entering your mind? Is he arising from the heart? Or is he too a piece of your tradition and conditioning? Isn't it a thing with the conditioned mind that freedom too is a conditioned concept to it? So do you see what is happening? Not only are the attachments and bondages flimsy and false, even the route that you are taking to break away from those attachments and bondages is equally flimsy and false because both of them are coming from the same source. And what is the source? Influences, environment, training, upbringing, education, society, family, peers, media. Let me just ask you, had no one told you of an entity called God, would you still have been God-loving? So God is an external insertion into the mind. Our God hardly arises from our heart. Our God comes to us from here and there. And that is why Lata, this God is of very little help. So here is mind stuff. And you divide the mind stuff into two compartments. There is the compartment in which you are apparently attached to the world. And then there is another compartment which stands for detachment, which stands for godliness. We think that these two compartments oppose each other. No, they don't oppose each other. They complement each other. They both are coming from the same place. What is it that both of them have in common? They both are unreal and external. And therefore, what is it that would dissolve both of them reality authenticity and interiority but remember when that interiority would arise not only would the useless attachments and bondages drop your concept of God the Father would also drop. Right now what most of us might have is a bogus concept of God that does us no good. We rush to it in moments of our need. It might offer a temporary relief but beyond that it really does not show us light. In 
our darkness we remain attached and when we talk of god or rush to god we do that in equal darkness so whether it is the house the office or the temple the place changes the darkness remains the same so we said that what would really challenge and dissolve both these compartments of conditioning is an interiority authenticity reality so lata what is really happening that's what you have to figure out this is a story this is a story stories do not help anybody instead of saying that i know that my ultimate goal is reaching god ask yourself what is it that you really know pardon me but i can assure you that you do not know what is mind what is ultimate what is goal what is god but with great confidence you are asserting here my mind knows that my ultimate goal is reaching god this is a lot of arrogance hmm? let's not claim to know what we do not know let's rather humbly start from what we actually do know now what is it that you actually do know what is it for which you don't have to look towards somebody else to ask what is it that is self certified what is it about which you cannot have any doubt if i am speaking to you you probably are hmm there is somebody i am talking to a deft speaker can convince you of many things but irrespective of the craft of the speaker nobody can convince you to believe that you do not exist right and if you do not exist who is asking this question and who is being addressed here so let's start with that about that there can be no doubt hmm we all do exist and from that center we operate i exist and so i ask questions i exist so i think i exist so i think of my welfare i exist so i move i exist so i keep saying i i i i right so let you do exist hmm about that there can be no doubt if you do exist what is the state of this existing one how does he live how does he feel how does he operate what makes him ask a question what makes him come and sit here huh hmm. 
सो वी एग्जिस्ट एंड द एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ दैट एग्जिस्टेंस इज अ लॉट ऑफ सफरिंग आई एग्जिस्ट एंड आई नो ऑफ माई एग्जिस्टेंस थ्रू माई सफरिंग मोस्टली देर आर इंटरमीडियंट पीरियड्स ऑफ रिलीफ एंड जॉय एज वेल बट हाउ डू आई नो दैट आई एग्जिस्ट प्लीज टेल मी mostly because there is something missing somewhere because this existing one has to be attended to he cries he needs support he needs attention is that not so there are periods when this existing one is all right and then he does not cry for attention does he he almost disappears when he is all right true when are you most conscious of your being tell me when are you most conscious that you exist when you are the most troubled in nice sleep are you conscious that you exist but a tooth ache makes you wake up and then then you know that you exist then you know that the tooth exists otherwise does the tooth exist and so far what we have said is self evident we do not need any proofs from anywhere else right we do not even need the scriptures to verify this i exist and i suffer i exist and i suffer only about this much must you have a lot of surety lata about other things you are just parroting what you have read or heard are you not so i exist and i am suffering if that be so why not go into this fact this experience of suffering what is it instead of assuming that we know what suffering is can we just experimentally look at our condition in total innocence i do not know because i actually do not know you know i do not know what is it that happens to me what is it that i do how is it that i react what is it that i assume what is it that i want what is the relationship of the existing one with the suffering one are they independent of each other can there be existence without suffering don't be so sure so quickly i don't have answers to give do i keep giving answers <laughs> we do not know what attachment is lata had we known attachment we would have been out of it but we love to declare that we know ha huh? you know 
what kind of pleasure that gives huh? just strut around announcing I I no. even in declaring that I know I am attached there is a lot of pleasure even in declaring I know I am a fool there is a lot of arrogance had we really known what foolishness is we would have been out of it my mind knows my ultimate goal is reaching God amazed to know how little you know equally you would be amazed to know how easy it is to know easy but highly uncommon we are in a great position to know It hardly requires an effort. That which is happening is happening with our sanction, in our house, in our purview, right in front of us. We are the experiencer and the documenter of the experience. should be extremely easy to know what is really going on. So what is really going on? What is the real thing behind the story, Lata? May we talk of that? <laughs> or do you want me to trust your stories and build upon them? You want me to do that? Hmm? You give me a building with a hollow foundation and you want me to add a few more stories to it? Yours is already a three-story building. Story number one, story number two, story number three. And it has a very, very shaky foundation. And you want me to add stories upon stories? Do you? So should I continue with your story or dismiss it? Is this even real? How do I respond to it? How do I respond to an imaginary problem when the real thing lies somewhere else? Lately, I am stuck expecting too much from others and I am suffering and I do not know why I am unable to be stable. One doesn't just expect from others. There is a lot behind that. One feels a certain entitlement. And behind every feeling of entitlement, there is an assertion of self-measure. You know what self-measure is? A declaration of your size, a declaration of your bigness. If I am very big, I feel I am entitled to have much. No? 
So expectations are entitlements and behind entitlements lie declarations of self-measure. And we like to say we are very, very big. Because we are very big, so the other is obliged to respect me, salute me, fulfill me. provide to me if you are really humble would you carry a lot of expectations from others please tell me when you travel ticketless do you expect that a fellow would vacate a seat for you? But when you are carrying a reservation, then you then you say, oh, I must have my seat. The other must not infringe upon my rights even for a minute. So very quickly you say, you know, this one is mine. Behind the assertion of one's rights is the declaration that one has already paid up. I have paid the price. So I expect to get the value. Right? I have paid the price. So I must get due value in return. That's what is called expectation. Have you paid the price, Lata? Have you paid the price? What makes you think that you are entitled to expect from others? And let me assure you, if you have really paid the price, Nobody can rob you of what you really deserve. It's a very internal thing. It cannot be taken away. Pay the price and you'll have it without exception. You won't have to demand it. You won't have to then struggle for it. The thing would be then ineluctably yours. One wonders whether one is suffering or one is just naughty. Hmm? Yes, Nata? Like a naughty girl caught red-handed. I am unable to follow what you told me. I tried but I couldn't. So when it comes to doing what you must, you are helpless. But when it comes to expecting stuff from others, you are merciless. 
others must do what they must as far as i am concerned you see i am so helpless that i couldn't do acharya ji what you told me to do others must fulfill their responsibility me i am too big please guide me how to be stable spiritually and not seek human love do you even want this really hmm Are we really seekers of love? Hmm. so you go to a residential colony hmm visit 50 houses in 50 houses you might not find love in even one but you will certainly find a man and woman in most of them are we seekers of love are we seekers of love really had we been really seeking love then out of the 50 houses you would have found love in let's say 40 or 45 and other things would have been very very diverse but other things are not diverse one thing is certain man and woman that is definitely there love one cannot be too sure of that does that not tell us what is it that we really want and if the society colony or apartment you are visiting happens to be a reasonably affluent one then you will also find something very common across all the 50 residences what is that you will find a good television set you will find a couple of cars you will find four air conditioners you will find good clothes you will find money you will find kids ha huh? all these things you are likely to find almost without exception right now tell me what is it that we really want don't go by your claims go by the fact on the ground 
love a rarity these other things a necessity a priority then what is it that we really want go by your actions lata what is it that we really want we have what we really want the man wants the woman the woman wants the man they have each other they both want kids they have each other and all want money and luxuries they have all that had you wanted love you might not have had these other things but you would have certainly had love it's not that the universe is an unjust place you do get what you want when you want a kid don't you get a kid you want money you somehow manage to earn money sometimes a little less sometimes a little more but you do manage to get money you want a house you do somehow procure a house don't you and that we see happening without exception right love do we even want it do we even want it why do we see very few exceptions when it comes to man woman and the kid how many exceptions do you see maybe 2 in 100 5 in 100 otherwise it's a universality a great commonality it's supposed to be inevitable it's supposed to be like oxygen you can't live without it love is that like oxygen doesn't seem so we fairly easily manage to survive without it don't we so we get what we value we value the man the woman the money the security we get all that the same forces that taught us that the man is important that the woman is important that the fridge is important that the foreign trip is important also taught us a distorted definition of love isn't that obvious somebody taught us that this particular way of living is wonderful and the force that taught us this way of living didn't stop at just teaching us about the externals it also taught us how we must live internally so it taught us that one must earn money and this is what money is and this is what the value of money is and unfortunately that same force taught us what love is so just as our notion of money and career are distorted similarly our notions about love and belongingness are distorted why because both these notions are coming from the same place are they not hmm you go to watch a movie and the movie shows you greatly lucrative locations
and you are being taught that good life lies in being at these locations you must honeymoon in switzerland hmm? so you are being taught switzerland and the same movie is also teaching you love do you see you are being taught both the things by the same master the movie maker you see the couple and you see the couple in Switzerland between the couple is love outside the couple is Switzerland you are being taught both the things you are being taught Switzerland and you are being taught love somehow we sometimes agree to give up on switzerland because it's an external thing its falseness shows up relatively easily but this love that has been taught to us by the same movie maker becomes very very difficult to drop because it goes into our insides so even when we say that we want to renounce the world for the sake of love what we are actually saying is that we want to renounce the world for the sake of this worldly love isn't it such an terrible thing to happen not only has our conditioning dictated the way we live with objects it has also dictated the way our internal climate internal structure is when you say that i want to be spiritually stable and not seek human love what is it that you do not want to seek was it ever love you are saying i do not want to seek human love as if you have ever sought it as if it was love in the first place when you say i do not want to go after something anymore do you see what you are asserting you are saying till now i have been going after it have you when you say love has deceived you you are still making a big declaration what is it you know love and you have been in love was it love ever or was it just one of the things of the movies and the weddings and the family gossip and the thriller magazines people come and say you know i cannot drop that fellow because i love him so much i say if you love him so much what is the need to drop him love is great love is virtuous if you really are in love where is the question of dropping and then a terrible fact starts staring us in the face the terrible fact is there is no love we are talking of something else
that all this would be resolved if you just for once decide to honestly declare what things are really like. This is not what things are really like. Something else is going on, I assure you. And that what is going on is pretty straightforward. If you would be a little less afraid, a little less desirous of comfort and security, you would be able to openly state it. It's not about spiritual stability or anything. What beguiles man is the lust for material stability, physical comfort. Otherwise, who can stop you? Who can dominate you? Who can arrest you? Tell me. If you do not want material comfort, who can lord over you? But nowhere have you mentioned that. Material alone can be possessed. And once you are not identified with material, once you see that your lust for material is very expensive, you are free. Who can own you? Who can possess you? People say, I am not getting God. What they do not say is, I love the bed, the air conditioner, the car. when you are so fond of those things, then there is a price to pay. If you are so fond of those things, then pay the price. But when you will begin to really calculate the price that you pay for those things, you will find them highly overpriced. And then you say, I don't want to pay the price for them. I would rather pay the price for something else. It's not that I do not want to work. It's not that I don't want to pay the price. But I want to pay a fair price at a fair shop. I don't want to be robbed and looted and cheated. When I'm paying the price for these things, then I'm paying with my life. Then I'm being skinned alive. So I'll be very cautious while making these transactions. There is something else that is really lovable. I would rather pay the price for that. Hmm? And you're not so rich, Lata. Nobody is. That you can pay the price for both. Your lifespan is limited, your powers are limited, your resources are limited. You can dedicate them either to the looter's shop or to the fair price shop. You decide where you want to spend yourself. If you have very little of yourself left to move towards freedom, 
chances are it is because you are investing almost all of yourself in the bondage shop. You have given away all that you had to purchase bondages. Now what do you have left to spend for freedom? Hardly anything. But you talk so much of freedom, you do not talk of how enthralled you are to bondages. You do not mention how you invest yourself in securing your bondages. Because they are lucrative to the senses. It boils down to that. The body loves them. The ego loves security. Hands and legs, they hardly want to work. Why work if things can be had without sweating it out? These things appear free. They never come for free. You will say you could not follow my advice. I'll ask whose advice have you been following then? Because it's, it's certainly not your heart that you're living by. If not my advice, then certainly there is somebody else whose advice you are living by. If you'll say you have no resources, no energy, no time, no money to offer to the right place, then I'll ask you, where are all your resources going? Am I connecting with all of us? Am I? Hmm? It's not one person's condition or question here. Hmm? It's a general human condition. I hope we see that. <coughs> 